I told myself at the very worst case scenario, I just have a lifetime supply of candles. <laughs> like that's the worst thing to come out of me trying to do yeah. this. I'm happy. Yeah. we can uh, officially start uh thank you so much everyone for tuning in this is another episode of the scoped exposure podcast we welcome everybody's favorite mall outlet no we're not talking about hot topic or zoomies we're talking about pack sun aka kevin from knocked loose um thank you for joining me on the podcast today man absolutely yeah thanks for having me um you know, as as far as a proper introduction of where you're based and what you do in Knocked Loose, can you just do that for the for the for the one or two folks at home who don't know who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, Oldham County, Kentucky, originally, and uh, I play drums in Knocked Loose, and that's the that's the whole deal. That's that's the whole deal. <laughs> well, um, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, Kevin. Uh, we're going to be chatting about um, Knocked Loose, obviously, um, what you guys have been doing during this whole pandemic and whatnot, as well as some of the other stuff that you have, um, you know, that has kept you busy during all this. But before we do that, uh, we got to do our Bev check. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was looking in the fridge and trying to pick out something special, but I, I've straight up been really dehydrated today. So I'm just... This is my insanely covered water bottle, and right we're just staying hydrated on the H2O, H2O side. So, Well, I'm right there with you. I, I was thinking, I was like, is it too early or too late to, you know, get into the, get into the drinking? And I was like, I got too much going on today that I'm going to save the beers for later. So I've got my liquid death. Not even a not even a plug. I just had it in the fridge, but the sparkling can. Oh, okay. so I'll be doing that. Yeah, very mm. sick. Well, um, yeah, it's it's always funny because now that I'm doing this Bev portion of the podcast, I'm just like kerning through Bevs all the time. So I'm uh, I'm hopefully one day going to be getting a sponsorship from one of these sparkling water cats, but we'll we'll have to yeah. wait and see. Um, I don't, I wonder if uh, if Liquid Death. I'm I wouldn't be shocked if they shipped to Canada. But because I mean the water, I'm like, do they go international? But they're claiming this water's from the Australia or the Austrian Alps. There's no Alps in oh. Australia. Oops. <laughs> Oops. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they would. Uh, I think it's just a matter of plug and email, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm waiting for um, uh, it's it's kind of like what Joe Rogan did with his podcast. He didn't really do the exclusive thing until Spotify was like, okay, here's here's the deal. And, uh, picked it up for something crazy i remember seeing that oh dude it's it's insane and and it's cool like you know you know a little bit of podcast talk before we get on you but you know his podcast was one of the only ones at least at, when he was first starting it that had video and uh now oh, i true. think spotify is gonna have a video outlet for public release so someone could be listening to this oh, on yeah. spotify and then you know watch it halfway through if they wanted to versus having to go to youtube so those oh, are things sick. i'm personally uh nerdy and excited about um, yeah right on that's cool i don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the previous podcasts beforehand but uh i always like to get context around all my guests on how they got into heavier music how they got into yeah. hardcore so give me the pack 
hardcore origin story. T- take us back to the early days of you discovering music, and uh, and we'll begin there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I remember. I literally remember the first time I heard like screaming in a song. I was watching like a video game, like uh, montage, and Breaking Benjamin was in the background, oh, sick. and okay. that was like the first like heavy chug heavy chug breakdown with like screaming on it so and i almost felt like wrong listening to it i was like it 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 brought out this i don't know i was like worried but excited i was like this sounds wrong i shouldn't be listening to this i was like maybe you know fifth grade sixth grade and uh from there i just kind of like scoured youtube and like discovered these at this point in time they're more like the the butt rock bands like the dad rock bands that like had one breakdown in a song and then it would progressively get heavier and i would discover other bands like i discovered suicide silence super early and like that scared the shit out of me like but at the same time very exciting Mm -hmm. so over the years i i you know i i took guitar lessons and piano lessons and stuff and but while listening to like the heavier and heavier music and then nothing really stuck as far as instruments and what I wanted to play until I tried like a, a music store drum set out. And I was like, this is it. Like, right. this is what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, from, from pretty early on, I did my kind of self-discovery when it came to music. And then I got into, you know, drumming and drum lessons and stuff like that, which opened more doors. And now we're here. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask, was the video game that we were playing that you first heard uh, Breaking B on was, I'm guessing, Halo 2? Yes. <laughs> Good for you. That's yeah. awesome. Absolutely was. I'm I'm a big Halo 2 fan. Uh, I have to credit that series of games as far as actually what got me into video as well, because I got oh, cool. nerdy about like machinima as far as like making videos with video games. Um and I've, you know, gone down the rabbit hole as far as hearing Marty O'Donnell talk about bringing on these alternative new band, new metal bands to like have an instrumental track on on things like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very that's right. cool. Wasn't um, it? Was blow me away was blow me away was the single, and then um, I'm trying to remember the other band. Uh, this has come up before, and I totally forgot last time too. Um, but blow me blow me away was definitely the like the one where it's like, you know, you're in that new Mombasa and then it like kicks yeah. in. You're like, Oh, here we go. It's yeah. That's it's sick. action. That's time. such a cool memory. I love that you, we can relate on that. And that's funny. You said that got you into like making videos as well. Cause it did the same thing for me. I started making like my halo three montages. I got a capture card <laughs> Dude, and did stuff like that. And yeah. I, uh, I, you know, it's buried, but uh, you could probably find my one and only halo three zombie montage that i made when i was oh, like sick. 14 years old or whatever it was so send, send it to me after this i'll I will. check it out <laughs> privately <laughs> I'll send don't put me on blast or anything of course not of course not <laughs> um yeah and it's funny because that's yeah that that's a podcast of its own just talking about halo but... ain't that the truth absolutely <laughs> um so uh knocked loose has been a band that has really i guess since starting and where you guys are now have kind of changed the landscape of like metalcore and i remember hearing like the gospel for the first time i was like whoa like what is going on and i've kind of followed the 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 progression since and i know on the drum side of things 
um, there's kind of the historical nature where it wasn't always you on the right. kit. A lot of it was like Isaac being nerdy in his garage, like doing program drums. So oh, yeah. t- tell me how you got linked up with those guys. And, you know, if that was, you know, obviously you couldn't have foreseen how big that band would have blown up. But, um, you know, w- what was your process of like taking something that was electronic, quote unquote, and, and applying that into like a real life um, music scenario? Yeah, yeah. So I, I got linked up with them in actually, well, I've, I've known Isaac forever, like from high school and stuff like that. And Kevin and Brian went to high school together as well. So it was kind of like this network of, you know, these Oldham County musicians. It was kind of like, if you know one, you know them all. Right. So, uh, you know, I would jam with Isaac and then Kevin Otten and I, we started jamming on some stuff. And then uh, eventually, you know, we, we would jam together. And then eventually Brian got brought in. And there was a point in time where I was, you know, obviously I was not playing with them anymore, but they kept going and they got a couple drummers. And so pop culture, the EP was like written between like jamming drummers. So Isaac did all those program drums. And when it came to like my time to play those live and stuff, I had seen the band live a bunch of times, you know, they'd play Louisville you know three times a week four times a week so i would catch these guys all the time and i'm in i'm in the video for the gospel like in the crowd oh, which is okay. always always a fun joke to like when we rewatch it like sure. yeah. oh there i am hey look <laughs> so so i had seen them and i i definitely caught the energy and caught the vibe so when we started jamming it was it was fairly easy for me to understand what they wanted out of a drummer because, you know, they, they could be jamming with guys and, and maybe one guy's style wouldn't fit. The other guy was, was too fast. The other guy was all over the place. You know, you could, you could say anything about anybody. But sure. when it came time for me, I, I could see what they were after. I could hear what they were after. And it was easy to jam with them. And then as, you know, the records progress, we always try. It, it may reflect our maturity as far as musicians and as people, it's like we've been playing every day for a year straight. It's going to reflect on this record and they'll put more thought into the guitar. So I have to put more thought into the drums and then you get a record and then you do that for the next record and hopefully it's better. And that's kind of our way of progressing and doing it like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, as like, you, you know, cause a lot of people, as soon as a band gets that kind of, you know, major label or even just some kind of label deal, that's where a lot of new eyes will, will hit them. Um, yeah. But, you know, Knock Loose has been a band for like a long, long time. And like you were saying, uh, really grinding it out locally and even regionally. So, you know, in the early days, you know, I, I've seen multi- multiple comments on live videos that I've seen of you guys where it's like, I remember seeing this band and like five people were there or 10 people yeah. were there. So in the early days, was there like a little bit of like a, you know, like, oh, like, there wasn't this, did you guys have this, like, a blind ambition of, like, no, we're, we are going to become this, like, huge band, or was it, like, uh, I don't know what's happening, but then there was just that trajectory point that just eventually happened over time? It, it was, it was very exciting. It's been very exciting the entire time. Right. Like, when there were five or ten people there, I never sat back and thought, oh, I want, I want more. I want more. I want 500. I want a thousand. I want 10,000. I would play to those five or 10 people 
and be like, holy shit, I'm doing it. Like we're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I remember being, and I, it's like the first like set I filmed of us, like with the GoPro, mm-hmm. we were in somewhere in Alabama and uh, looking back on it, there were hardly 20 people there. And I remember that show specifically because people were like singing along and I was like, holy shit, like people know the words, people are singing back to Brian and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. It was exciting. And I was with my buddies in a van and like, that's what I wanted. Right. And anything that's happened, you know, now that it's growing, we're, we're all kind of like, we'll like play a set and afterward, almost every night we're like, that was crazy. There's so many people here. Like what's going on? Why are we doing this? You know? So it's all, it is kind of that blind ambition. Like we're not expecting anything out of it and anything that does come is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been really cool to see like all, like the first time that I saw you guys was, I have to think back. I think the year was 2017. You guys were on tour with, with Gideon and Comeback Kid. And uh, it was, it I think so that's when I just started filming shows before like doing it under scoped. And I remember uh, you guys had just started playing Oblivion's Peak off of last. Oh laptops. my gosh. And what, uh, what city was it? Do you recall? It, it was in Winnipeg in Canada. It was in Winnipeg. Oh my gosh. Oh, so the first time we were in Winnipeg, it was counterparts. Counterparts was another one of those. Gideon, um, expire was there. Yep that's crazy that's awesome yeah i remember that venue clear as day yeah yeah that's so, awesome yeah that, that i think that was 2016 even yeah it might have been that because because scope started in 2017 so it okay. probably was 2016 but um yeah it, it's crazy to see that you know where it's like you guys were kind of like this up and coming and then like people in the hardcore scene were either kind of like a 50 50 split of like i'm into it versus like what is this like band with the re- records but now like every hardcore band has re- records <laughs> totally totally so um you know with all that being said did you guys kind of always have that chip on your shoulder as far as like being this kind of pushing this new envelope sonically on the metalcore hardcore side of things no no i i think uh i think the progression happened on its own you know it I obviously, uh, our guitar players will, will take influences from bands they like. You know, a lot of people have said, uh, or, or like, uh, sorry, Isaac has said like Disembodied is, is his favorite band and Metallica is his favorite band. And I can now, knowing that, go back and listen and I'm like, yeah, that checks out. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so it's, uh, and I think it was bound to happen eventually. Like, like if we were adding dissonant chords because we would, be around other bands that had dissonant chords and we're like that's sick let's try to write our own that kind of thing so i think it would have happened either way but it's it's really fun to be a part of it like right now yeah um if you had to name a knocked loose moment in the history of the band as far as the the true springboard uh time where there was a certain song a music video uh, a meme um what do you think that was kind of the, the springboard that hit uh, that new level for you guys? I think, honestly, I think when Counting Worms started getting memed like crazy, I was like, all right, the internet has taken it and the internet has ran. <laughs> and I, 
if 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 you're a meme whether you can say like oh that's lame or that's cool if you're a meme like there's no such thing as like bad publicity like you're gonna people are gonna see the name every day multiple times a day just because of a meme so i was like when we started getting memes made and like family members and like kids i went to like elementary school with were sending me meme like oh you're a meme like you made it i was like haha but that's kind of where i was like people are paying attention because whether it's a joke or not eyes are on but there were some shows that we've played that i'm like this is it this is really happening uh i i remember like our first time playing chain reaction in california mm-hmm. it was like that's a legendary spot and we played it and it was packed and we were like this is this is good this is cool this is happening this is growing and there's nothing we can do to stop it yeah so might as well run with it you know yeah yeah i think um I'm I'm always interested on how, like you were saying, the internet or subcultures will take something, and and it doesn't, and I think with the, the counting worms meme, it was timely around that got around your release. While you look at you know the harm's way running man meme, that song is like I think four years old when that meme came yeah. out. But like you know you never know. Just one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, someone has taken this clip and done it 40 different ways yeah and uh people are sharing it so you know i'm sure harm's way just had that little bit more attention so definitely definitely and, and we're pretty close with those guys and i called their bass player one night I, i'm sure i was i had a cup of drinks and <laughs> i was like dude and this is this is no diss to them it's just insane how people will take something and run with it like their meme page there's a meme page that's like harm's way running man to different songs yep. has got like three times more like likes on facebook than their actual band page right which is insane to me they're still getting attention and eyes and people are obviously witnessing and seeing who harm's way is a joke or not but that's crazy like three times the people are holding on to this meme page rather than like diving into the actual band it's insane but yeah you gotta like it is what it is like meme kids are meme kids yeah like even an example outside of hardcore with the whole like dog face and fleetwood mac like a lot i'm sure a lot of people sharing that meme had no idea like that song or maybe heard it on a tiktok or whatever but like it's just you never know someday some dude's gonna be skateboarding with a cranberry juice and then his life changed because the internet I heard just it, it shot back up to number one yeah or something like that yeah just just yeah you never know the internet's a crazy place to be yeah yeah and if uh if uh, i i doubt ocean spray is listening but i would love an ocean spray <laughs> uh bev sponsorship on this podcast i'll i'll plug you guys all the time um so <laughs> send him an email let's go so you guys are like a very very busy band uh in a normal world of touring and things like that so how has this um i i watched a little bit of that interview that you did with sos um and so you know how have you guys been doing with keeping busy strategizing with releasing new things new music what's what's going through your mind but also the band's um mind as well yeah yeah it's it's been difficult obviously no one's experienced this uh, at least you know in my lifetime uh and as a band and as a group 
you're right. We were so busy the year before. We're used to, you know, six to eight months being on the road. So when everything just kind of stopped and, you know, the rug was pulled underneath our feet, we're like, hold on, we got to figure something out. And at first we were like, we were trying to keep, I mean, not that we're not calm, but we were like trying to keep cool saying like, this is good. This is a break. We need this break. Right. You know, when, when's the next time we're going to get three months off in a row? Like, let's just enjoy it while we can. And that's turned to six months, eight months, nine months. And we're like, holy crap. Yeah. So no one really knows when things are going to start coming back as far as, you know, shows in the, in North America or overseas even. So we've just really been, we've been getting together. We've been like jamming and stuff like, like what we should be doing if we have this much time without, you know, going to work, going to play a show and stuff. And it's been cool. Cause we, we don't feel like there's pressure to, there's no pressure to operate. You know, we love what we do, but when we have, we're like, we have a tour in two weeks. We got to get ready. We got to get this. We got to get that. We, I think we're comfortable and without that pressure, we can be creative freely, if that makes sense. So we're jamming and I, I like the other guys are getting together themselves, doing their own things. Like I'm sure Isaac's in a million bands. So I'm sure he's working with his other guys too. And, uh, I, Brian just moved to California for a little bit just to like enjoy it while there's nothing going on and I've been doing the candles so like it's little things here and there that we're just trying to stay busy and trying to stay entertained and keep our minds going and stuff like that yeah, yeah. shout out to Brian for moving to a way warmer climate versus what you guys probably have right now when <laughs> it's not so bad it's it's we're getting there it's it's gray gloomy and maybe around 55 today so not too bad but we're getting there yeah calgary always gets snow really fast because we have these things called chinook so it's like the the warm temper i'm going to butcher butcher the technical uh, or scientific aspects of this but it's essentially it's warm uh weather patterns that come over the mountains so you can go from like really like frozen temperatures to like everything melts for two days and then it goes back but i think because we have that in the middle of winter we also get like snow randomly at the end of september so there was snow on the ground two days ago and then it was like 14 degrees celsius and then now it's like around zero so it's all over the map oh yeah you're all over the place yeah i would get sick as a dog if i was dealing with that oh yeah it's um i'd catch a cold like nobody's business i don't know if you've seen that meme where it's all the all the Spider-Mans and they're pointing like COVID cough, <laughs> cold cough, Lucy, like yeah, all yeah, these yeah, different things, yeah. So yeah, it's it's weird because usually in Canada, like shows and festivals like go hard all throughout like the summer, spring and fall months, but like winter, you can kind you can get away with doing like a a locals only thing in the middle of you know, everyone's going to brave the cold and put on their winter jackets yeah. and go to the show. But, you know, with, with no end in sight that, uh, you know, it's like, okay, <coughs> oh, how am I going to be, uh, you know, keeping, keeping, keeping the, the, the hopes up and things like that over that time. Yeah. No kidding. Well, winter dude, we've done some winter ish Canadian tours and it's scary, man. We're yeah. up there with a trailer yeah. and a van and we're like crossing our fingers, driving, 
30 miles an hour under the limit. We're like, we can do this. Yeah, it's um, it's. So I get why people don't. I think <laughs> when you guys this. played Winnipeg, I think I think that was like late March, which is still winter, unfortunately, in Winnipeg uh, of all places. So I I think I remember Gideon had mentioned because I know those guys. They stayed at my house years ago. Yeah. Um, they had mentioned that they got in an accident and then like because someone had swerved into them. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the memories flooding back. All the oh, same my time. gosh. Yeah, that was a crazy day. That was I think we picked them up. Were we in Canada already? I wonder. We must. Oh, my gosh. They had to get a ride from like. Wow. Was it Winnipeg to the border or something like it was some crazy like drive and someone drove them like super, super nice. Yeah. In a van, like with all their gear and another trailer or something. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. I have to have one of those guys on the podcast to to find out the the mystery behind that. Yeah. Um, so you know, talking about you know being creative, because I think I think um, y- there's a, a big point there as far as like this time has never forced people to be like, well, I can't film shows, so I like went super hard with this podcast and started to yeah. do other things with uh, playlists and things like that. But um, I something you guys did kind of recently is you did a um called it a, a throwback merch drop so you yeah, guys yeah. brought back a bunch of old designs um you know even stuff from the early days and i'm actually wanted to show you because we were talking about that um that show and it this wasn't this is the design it's the i don't it's so oh yeah bright. is it like it is so bright it's is the it like tour short from that show so, oh my gosh, when you guys were supposed to play Wild Rose this year, this was like, okay, I got to wear this shirt when, when knocked. Oh, that's playing, awesome. For sure. Um, but you know, is that, you know, throwback merch drop that you guys thought of, is that something that you saw another band do or cause for me, that was the first time that I saw any band do something of that caliber. So talk to me, tell me the behind the scenes or the, the why or the creative decision to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when we, you know, in the earlier days when we would do a tour, we would only print like one run of the shirts or the jackets, like the we did those jerseys. We'd only do one run of that colorway or something like that. We've obviously done similar designs on different colors, but those specific ones. And there were shirts that I've, you know, been with the band for so long. I, I'm like, oh, you remember the the polo rip it said knock loose with the polo flag on the back right. or uh, the hockey jerseys i was like you remember the hockey jerseys and we would just get to talking and we're like yeah that was sick that was such a cool shirt but we'd be like ah oh, but we can't reprint it like that's our thing and we got to talking saying what if we did like one special drop of all the old stuff that we like all really liked because we the conversation in the group chat was not hey what's sold the best ever it was hey what are all your all favorite shirt or what are all your all's favorite shirts Mm -hmm. and that's how we got that list going and we're like we we got to do it one time this is the time to do it you you call it the vault you know so it was all of us saying oh like our favorite stuff because i there's some shirts over the years that i've loved and i don't have like i want again one of them i i don't have the uh it says oldham the carhartt shirt I never got one. I'm begging. I was like, please, let's do it again. Let's do it again. But so that's how that came to be. It was 
it was just kind of a creative like how do we bring these shirts back even if it's just for us mm-hmm. uh and then put them out you know one special time we might we haven't even had the conversation to do it again but uh i'm really stoked on it i think that was a really fun idea yeah yeah and and what was the response from you know fans as far as like like freaking out that they could buy a shirt that maybe they you know didn't have enough money to five years ago when they were going to like a, a local like louisville like knock loose show like was it was it good for you guys or was there like w- like what are some of these rips i don't understand yeah yeah i the most uh amount of messages i got were from people that we like toured with at that time oh okay Th- they were like oh my gosh like uh from the kingmaker tour we did a kingmaker rip of the the cigarette shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like they hit us up and they were like that's crazy that's crazy i gotta get one so that I, I would i get hit up by like some of the guys in adalia and we had a shirt from like when we toured with them mm-hmm. and uh so that was what i was really getting was like holy crap like the memories you know i gotta pick one up i was like totally this is, is, that, why we did is that a thing where knock loose will will make shirts um to like not like to, to to beef on other bands like just in a joking way because because now that you're mentioning some of those it, it's bringing me back to some other shirts that you guys have done either in a one time um or you know like kind of like it's collaborative but at the same time it's kind of like you know joking on one another at the same yeah time. yeah we that's definitely out of brian's brain he's real he's real good about thinking of stuff like that and having those ideas but i remember we did the kingmaker shirt it was their last show ever. They were they were done after that. So we did the Kingmaker rip. We did one for the August Burns Red Christmas show, and we crossed out red and said August Burns Blue right, yeah, for a different shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. So he does. He likes thinking of stuff like that, and I think they're hilarious. And it's it's never it's never in a dissing way. It's always a super fun, playful. Because yeah. these guys are our friends, you know. Where yeah, it's on the uh, nose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's you know it's really cool, and you know, like you were mentioning of oh, like we don't reprint stuff. Like, I I feel like this time more than ever is kind of like a way for a lot of bands or artists to be like rethinking of like, well, why do I have this like rule where I can't do it? It's like there are kind of yeah. no rules as far as you know doing a live stream or doing a you know definitely collabs with bands doing like you know i look at at someone like ian from regional justice center and he's like starting three different bands and it's just like here's a demo here's a demo so like you know i think creating right now and and just testing the waters like while there's not like you said pressure to like get on the road and uh yeah you know squeeze the juice out of an album is like you know why not why not take that opportunity Absolutely. And, and with everyone being, whether at home or doing a lot less than, than normal, you gotta, you gotta have your outlet. You gotta have that creative outlet, whether it be working extra hard on something you've been doing or putting new energy into something brand new to you. Uh, this is absolutely the time to do it. And so uh, have you been pushing this podcast lately because of that's, that's the energy that's you need to yeah create and yeah it was kind of like you know i think we ran out of like live show content probably around call it april and we already had the the podcast in the works i think 
we're coming up on the year of when we dropped it and oh, you know nice. all of our interviews were in person um and the the space that i booked to do that closed down so i was like either either i just don't do anything or i just adapt and you know do it on zoom and you know there was like oh well i can't control the audio quality for some of my guests there's sure. internet and things like that but like it is the thing that's kept us growing through this very weird time. While I look yeah, at other awesome. archivists who maybe don't have something in the mix and they're like, maybe had, maybe they're in a position or area of the world where they filmed a lot more shows. So they had a bigger backlog, but you know, it's, it's getting down to the wire where it's like, they might write out of live show content. So what will they do after? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's forcing you to figure out how to make things work yeah 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 that's cool that's good yeah and uh yeah it's crazy with um you know just the amount of really crucial conversations that i've been able to have with people over either just like really like fun stories and anecdotes that have gotten to share or like things that are you know issues in our society and just allowing people to have a a megaphone to, to talk about those things has been yeah. really fulfilling for me. So right on, um, right on, good. So as you were mentioning, as far as like being able to um, do new things, whether in your music projects or in your personal life, I feel like that's a great segue into this next um, segment. As far as um, you have a little candle side hustle right now. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Called Oldham uh, Candle Co. If if that's yep on point that is it's a mouthful i i didn't really think about it until i started talking about it with people and but yeah oldham candle company that's me i'm actually doing that right now yeah we were you know uh, the the timing of this podcast had to get shifted a little bit because you had a big order that you had to get out and yeah yeah uh, but we're here so tell me the why like obviously you've alluded to covid being like yeah, like this is a time that I can do that. But have you always thought about doing something of that regard? Or like, how did you get passionate about uh, scents and candles and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. So I, for a long time, I've wanted kind of my, not not a not a Kevin Kane, not a PacSun, but my own brand, something that I think of a name, I think of a product, something. And uh, when, so we were supposed to leave for a tour the day that uh, the travel ban was announced. We were supposed to fly to Germany and start a European tour. And we woke up and our manager called us and he was like, go back to bed, travel ban, we're not doing it. So I was sitting at my computer and I had a couple ideas. I was like, maybe, uh, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start. I, I was ready to go. Now there's nothing, I gotta do something. So I started thinking about, you know, uh, starting my own coffee brand. I don't know anything about coffee, but I was like something. I was like reaching out. I was like, what's out there? And I love candles. We burn candles in our green room and stuff like that, you know, because after a few weeks on the road, you get a little stinky. But <laughs> so we, I enjoy candles and I've always liked certain scents over the years. My mom burns candles. So uh, I was burning one at the time. And I looked down and I was like, is it, I wonder how hard it is to like make candles. And so I watched videos. I found like a wholesale for the like ingredients, I guess I'll call them ingredients. And uh, so I just ordered a bunch of stuff to the house and started like experimenting with flavors or scents rather. 
uh, and I, you know, different kinds of wax, whether it be beeswax, I settled on soy wax. So it kind of grew together or came together. And uh, I had a guy make some labels and I put it out. I said, I, I made these. If you like these, you can buy these. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been going pretty well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the next, you know, Yankee Candle. I'm not the next Bath and Body Works or anything. Right. But it's been a really nice, I, like I enjoy the process. I enjoy the work. And I told myself at the very worst case scenario, I just have a lifetime supply of candles. <laughs> like that's the worst thing to come out of me trying to do yeah. this. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's always cool. Like a, a big goal of the podcast for me is like kind of bridging the gap between hardcore and then the stuff that people are into outside yeah. of it. So as soon as I saw that you were doing candles, I was like, okay, there's, there's a story here. And, and I wanted to get yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. Um, and, and growing up where I did like, you know, supporting your local economy and community was always like instilled in me very strongly. So like you were saying, like, you're not trying to go after like, you know, the big, the big wigs of the candle industry, but like, right. you know, seeing someone that you respect and you like get to see their process and, and sometimes meet them at like markets is like, that goes a long way versus like going to uh, a fucking like chapters and, and buying something and, yeah. then, and taking it home. So um, definitely. Tell me about, uh, like, you know, for the people who are kind of interested, what's, like, your process for, like, start to finish? How long does that take? Um, you know, have, have has there been something wrong that's ruined a batch? Walk me through those things. <laughs> Luckily, nothing wrong to ruin a batch yet. Uh, I, I take my time. I try to be careful with, with my measurements and pouring and this and that. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with, uh, you know, just raw soy wax. And I'll melt that all down. And I've got the essential oils, the scent oils, stuff like that. And they're actually kind of wild. They're, if you like get it on your skin, it doesn't feel great. It'll like eat through plastic. So it, they're in these like, it's, you know, very concentrated. Sure. So, and, and not, not <laughs> sorry, not like all plastic. If I, I used to try to pour it out of these like, really thin little cups like just garbage cups and next thing you know it would like get a little soft and mushy so i'm like we're not touching that but i'll I'll get the scent oil into the wax i have to i have to heat it to a certain temperature when i pour and then let it cool to a certain temperature before i pour into the jars and the jars i've got you know all the wicks set in and and tied down and all that good stuff and if i if i do one batch and i can i can get maybe six out of one batch uh, with the heating and cooling. There's a lot of waiting. So that could take me, you know, two to three hours just to get those six. But in the meantime of waiting for it to heat up and cool down, I can make another scent, two more scents, that kind of thing. And uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's my process so far. And I've thought about doing, I, it's not exciting. I promise. Like I said, there's a lot of waiting. But I thought about doing like a little video of like, hey, here's how it's done without giving away too much of, right. or too many of my You got to have your, you know, magician's trick behind the scenes. Exactly. There. But um, yeah, like honestly, uh, I I really think it, it is cool to see some of that stuff. And I, I'm guessing you don't have like, here's my candle studio. It's more of like, 
all right, this is on the kitchen counter or whatever. It exactly. Is. Yeah. Use my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's really cool to see people start small and then over time, like kind of just build that up. And, uh, and, and especially seeing it ex- through a music community is, is that much yeah. more. Um, that's, I, I'm super thankful. I don't think it would be going the way it's going if, if it weren't for the people that I've met and known through music and stuff like that. If I was just, if I was just a regular old guy doing, doing a regular old job and I was like, Hey friends, I make candles. They'd be like, yeah, so what? You know, I think, I think it's really cool. And it's been really, really nice to have people that care about what I do musically with my friends. And then I say, Hey, I have this other thing. And they still care about that. I think that's very cool and very sweet. Yeah. So thank you everybody. If you've bought a candle, I appreciate it very much. Yeah. And, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, not even before you started this knock loose would, you know, burn the, get the scent in the room maybe to oh, yeah. to eliminate some stuff. So I actually had a little uh, segment I wanted to do with you here. Um, so if you had to give one of your scents per member of knock loose, um, Ooh. who would you pair what with what? I would. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> So I, uh, so do, you know, I just did this collaboration with Eastwood. Yes. Yeah, I did. So I would just go ahead and say Cole's getting the false tart. That's an easy given. Okay. I don't have to think about that too much. Isaac, I would probably give him what's cool. And what makes this maybe a little easier is they've all been over here to smell them and they, they know how, and you know, I can keep an eye on who, whose face lights up when they smell what. Oh, so I think yeah so i would give okay i'll i'll go brian i'll give black sea i'll give kevin ocean breeze and isaac i'm gonna give the spiced cider Mm. you just solved my christmas shopping problems (laughs) you're welcome no that thank you thank you so much (laughs) that that is yeah that's funny to hear like but you know like you were saying you know, you got to have that at hand experience of the guys like, yeah. oh yeah, that's nice. And then that one like really makes their eyes exactly, exactly. light up. Yeah. That is very cool. Um, you know, what do you, are you trying to keep it as like niche as possible as far as like sense and things like that go? Or are you like trying to do like four to five per season? What's your kind of like, uh, you know, strategy for, for the amount? Yeah, so I, I'm very much still getting my feet wet with it. I, I've lately, so I dropped the four original scents, and that started with, they were just like four of my favorite scents that I like personally. And then I had the idea, why don't I just keep up with the season? So I had my summer smells. I just did my fall smells. I'm going to get some winter smells in there. And then springtime, I'll do something. And then once I've covered those bases, I think that'll give me the opportunity to kind of do one-offs like, like you have your four fall smells, but I, now I'm introducing this one as well. Mm -hmm. So I think I can, you know, one by one grow the the roster, if you will. And I, I eventually, I don't want to keep it too niche. I, if, if I would be allowed to grow to a point of like, I daydream about having that candle 
studio, if you will, or, or even a shop. If I had like a little boutique that coffee, candles, clothing, something like that, you know, I would love to see this little quarantine passion project last longer than just, you know, the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if this ended up turning into something I could keep up with for, for a few more years and, and beyond. Yeah. I'd be a happy guy. I think that'd be cool. I, I would love nothing more than to see Knocked Loose in hopefully 2021 at Wild Rose and see one of your or a couple of your candles on the merch table. That would uh that would be really cool to see. Um, I've definitely thought about uh like bringing them bringing them with you know when that day comes, but yeah. I think that'd be cool. I mean, Lord knows, keeping them in a a trailer for a month at a time you gotta cross your fingers nothing oh, breaks that's true but... yeah maybe not all over the summer touring festivals where <laughs> but they it's just hot become... and... <laughs> yeah um i don't know if you saw this uh and it's only because i heard it on one of the podcasts that i follow but uh have you heard of the gwyneth paltrow candle that she did yes yes i have <laughs> so it's uh for those that don't know she did a candle uh i'm trying to see if it was with somebody uh, but it's called Smells Like My Vagina, and it, I don't know, it's, it's like, uh, the podcast that brought that to light for me, it was like, you know, there's no way that her vagina smells this good, and there's just like this big <laughs> thing. So what they did is they are working on a, uh, a candle called Smells Like My Butthole, and it has like a musky, like... Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll send that to you, like... It sounds like I got to send a few things to you. So Yes, that's um, hilarious. That's insane. I was thinking about the smells like my vagina today. Right. <laughs> like, like, as I'm making mine, I'm like, oh, yeah, she did that. Yeah. How did she do that? I Why? How? Why? Yeah. Where? You know, so many questions. Yeah. And it's like she's a celebrity at a height where she could literally do anything and make whatever she wants. Insane money off of that versus like thinking critically of like is this <laughs> worth 50 to 75 dollars um, is that what they're charging for it yeah it's it's up oh there. my yeah because because the podcast that's doing this butthole candle is like they're trying to sell it for the same amount of money have oh. the same description but like different enough that they can't get sued so it's like yeah it's, yeah. it's a giant work in process to get all the sense going um that is hilarious is there uh What's the weirdest candle that you've ever smelled? Or weirdest scent that you've, you know, walked in the room, you're like, wait, is something like burning (laughs) that isn't supposed to be? Oh, God, probably all the time. Oh, my uh, Kevin Otten's stage hoodie that he wears. The man loves to sweat. Okay. One of the craziest things I've ever smelled in my life. (laughs) Uh, There's no describing... And I'm not even making fun of him. I love you, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is like, you know, it's him. You know, you can be anywhere in the venue and be like, I know where that hoodie's at. I know where he's not. It's crazy. Right. Not even a diss, but yeah. that's the craziest smell I've ever smelled. Yeah. You're probably not going to do a, a Kevin's hoodie old him candle. If, if, if I did a Kevin's hoodie, I, that could be really funny. <laughs> that could be funny. Yeah, that could be even funny as a to like our friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Is there, uh, I don't know, is there any collaborations that you want to do with this with either 
bands in the music space or even just like local stuff that's within the Louisville, Kentucky area? What I, I, so the first collaboration obviously was with Eastwood and that got me thinking like I could literally do it with anybody, with anything. So I'm more excited not to say, Ooh, I want to do it with this person or this entity. I'm just excited to see who brings it up and who would be interested in doing it now that I've already done one. Uh, I've of course talked to a couple people. I, I won't say who, cause I don't know how serious they might be about it, right. but uh, I've got a few friends that have clothing brands. I have a few friends that have like personal brands that have wanted to like label a candle, collaborate on the label on a scent and stuff like that. Other bands are interested as well. Right. So already, the interest is there and I think that's super cool and who doesn't want their own like personalized branded candle with their name on it stuff like that you know so I I, I'm looking forward to exploring that a little bit more as well Mm -hmm. um you know we're we're getting to the point here pack where we just started thinking about wrapping up the podcast so I got a couple more questions here um obviously we we talked a lot about uh the candle side but also knock loose uh I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you if there was anything uh coming up that you know wanted to give a little tease to or you know things that uh people can expect from the knock loose pipe i have got absolutely nothing to tease okay. <laughs> at all that's fair no and, and, and like you said like you you guys have done you know a few things um you know I, I feel like it's more of like a surprise and delight now with a lot of bands yeah. where it'll just be out of nowhere. Like, Hey, we're doing a live stream session. Hey, we're doing yeah. this shirt for the next week. So it's less about like, Oh, this band isn't doing anything. It's, right. it's just like, Oh, you have been working on stuff. That's really, really yes. Cool. I, um, I would hope, I would hope that every band is working on something because, right. because what else? Why not? You know, right. uh, and like I said, we've been we've been getting together, we've been jamming, we've been able to be a little creative. Uh, but it, I, after you know, really nothing, nothing is set in stone. But I have nothing to tease. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm I'm. It's it's going to be one of those things when there's a you know there's a a little bit of like a oh this can start in a month's time. It's like yeah, everyone's going to be like you know, gearing up in the Mario Kart like lane, just like having their engines like ready to go. And then Absolutely. eventually you're gonna get the three, two, one and and then we're gonna be in this uh new thing. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But um like you were and saying every single band that ever was will tour together. <laughs> yeah. It might be one of those things where tour packages are like eight to ten bands versus like oh my two God, to three. Imagine. <laughs> but imagine. I Hey man, I I'd be down to see that many bands in. Uh, I'd in go, Russia. yeah, me too. Shoot, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd be stoked if Warp Tour came back after this because they were like, "What else? We like, we need sixty bands a day at this <laughs> point, you know?" Yeah, yeah, and I'm a firm believer of speaking things into existence. So if that's your way of doing that, and then I can clip this when Warp Tour says they're coming back, that'd I'm be into sick. That. Um, so the last segment here, pack that we do on the show is a favorite mosh story. So it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you did, something that happened to you. Just whatever's the first thing to your mind is how we uh, end things here. 
the okay so the first thing that did come to my mind was the fact that i want to say nine out of ten times i've ever tried moshing i fall onto the ground i i just like i for one i look so dumb but i just can't get my balance right when i'm swinging and kicking and doing this and like i won't even knock into anybody I won't bump into anything. I will just be like in my own bubble and fall. And I think the last time I tried moshing, I think we were in somewhere in Oklahoma and uh, I moshed for one of the openers on our tour and fell on my butt. And I said, I will never do this again as long as I live. Well, if that Oklahoma band is listening or watching, definitely let, let it be known in the comments <laughs> that we were the last band that packed mosh to um, you ended my mosh career <laughs> for sure um before we say uh goodbye is there anything that you want to plug send people after this podcast any um anything you want to you know put out to the world the floor is yours to do that yeah i would the only thing i'll say is i've got a website that is oldhamcandleco.com and you can take a look. I just added four new false scents to my scented candle repertoire. Uh, if you want to take a look, if there's anything that interests you, let me know and I'll get it out to you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this has been a blast. Um, you know, Knocked Loose is a band that, you know, has been on my radar for the longest time. And seeing what you guys have done has been truly inspiring. See how you've changed the landscape is truly, truly so something to, you know, even even if someone doesn't like that style of music, you got to respect the hard work and the dedication and you know the innovation that you guys have brought to the table. So thank, thank you, you for so giving much. me an hour of your time and uh, and hopefully we can do this again soon when your candle company is in every Bath and Beyond that you can imagine. <laughs> That'd be yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely.